in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the giddy Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> It's that time of year, Glenn, where I feel I feel a positivity about you and mm. a and a excitement surrounding everything, all of our interactions, and I think that that giddiness comes down to one thing, and that's March Madness. But am I glowing? Am I glowing? <laughs> I feel like you are. Oh well, like I just it. can't help myself, Brian. <laughs> I am forever seeing the world as the glass half full. That's right. Turns to March mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because. More often than not, my Jayhawks are in the tournament. Well, they, right. they are. They're usually in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, as in, like, pretty much every year since the beginning of time. I think like 25, past 25. They have one of the longest streaks. It's, of, yeah, it's a long streak of being in the tournament. Now, how long they stay in the tournament is another, is yeah. a whole other topic. But on this side of it. That's right. The, it's the hope springs eternal. Man. Yeah. The grass is green. The, the it's warmer temperatures outside. <laughs> KU's about to be in the tournament. My my heart is turning to to uh the madness and uh yeah, it's upon us, Brian. It's on our doorstep. It's true. Uh it, it's what, what two weeks away? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. So, yeah, Brian and I have a tradition where we always uh watch the first uh two days the true official yeah, days of the March non-stop March. basketball days. Yep. Thursday and Friday. There's games going on all all over the place. We 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 eat, um, the uh, we go to a local place where they serve the best chicken wings this side of the Mississippi, mm-hmm. and we eat those and we watch basketball. Right, and it is life. Life can't get better. It's good. That. It's great. I you know, it's tough because I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit choked up no, here. Brian, don't don't you <clears throat> do it. If you're gonna cry, my, I'm gonna cry. My K State Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> they have to win the Big Twelve tournament to get to the tournament, <laughs> and so I, I, with a heavy heart, I'm go, I'm gonna, you know, I, I like college basketball. Even even though my team's not going to be in it this year, I'm gonna show up there at Henry T's and I'm going to watch the games, have some wings, drink some beers, and uh, and just try to enjoy the moment. You're a bigger man than me. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I, my Wildcats are most likely going to be in the NIT. That's still the tournament. It's a, it's a, it's a very well-respected mm-hmm. secondary tournament. Well, it's just different teams. That's all, right? That's, yeah. They're just different teams playing. You can say that. Uh, so anyway, it, it's going to be tough. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the March Madness. I like watching tons of games of college basketball. Uh, it's just fun to see like all the different teams that you never really paid attention to, but then you have your bracket that you filled out, so you're like, oh, you know, Northwestern State's got to win this game right. because come on, Northwestern you know, State, yeah, exactly. The upsets, man. It's all about the upsets, yeah. except for when my team plays, right? Um, yeah. So March the first the first two days are they're they're my favorite two days of the year. Yeah, absolutely. my my wife and I have an agreement, have an arrangement where. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids don't know who I am. It's two days. Uh, she doesn't know who I am. I basically like come home for sleep, and I'm out of the door before dawn, so nobody knows I was even there. If there's like a life changing emergency, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, why are you calling me? I'm I'm watching basketball right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sew the leg back on. I mean, yeah, you know, right. it'll right. They, they can, have yeah, they have prosthetic limbs now. The tourniquet. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, right. I kicked the t- I'm kicking anyway, the table right. here. <laughs> Should be fine. Um, well, anyway, speaking of March Madness, Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, the only thing more exciting than March Madness mm-hmm. is Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. It's an it's a extremely interesting site where you can actually fill out a bracket every March to see what's going to show up on the homepage. Mm-hmm. You basically go to like all the different social sites, you see the stories, and you're like, what's going to show up on, on Gentleman? You don't really know. And they That's have right. like the underdogs that you never really heard of. And they, mm-hmm. they don't, Anyway, so the uh, March Madness at, at Gentleman.com is, is quite uh, it's quite insane. It gets a little bit mad. You know? <laughs> um, anyway, and the only thing more mad mm. than Gentleman.com is podcast.gentleman.com. Look out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you really want some madness, 
take a deep dive into podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to previous episodes. Uh, you can follow along with the links from this episode and you can also check out some of the beers that we've rated in the past. If you're looking for maybe a beverage to watch some March Madness That's with, right. you can check out podcast.gentleman.com. You can check out the ratings that we've done on the beers in the past so you have a good idea about what to go pick up from March Madness. Um, all kinds of good stuff there on podcast.gentleman.com. Yeah, it's it's... It's a stellar place. It speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I have to do a, a public service yes. announcement for it. But, Lawyers. You know. um, anyway, Glenn. And the uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that uh, if you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to reach out and touch us, we want you to reach out and touch us. Uh, I'm sitting next to you on a couch, Brian. Are you, are you sure you're, <laughs> you want to rephrase that at all? Or? No. I believe that. Okay. I believe that. I want you, reach out. I want you, the listener, to reach out and touch me and Glenn. Uh, and you can do so by mm-hmm. sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will take a look at it. We will read it on the podcast. We will then tack it up on the Gentleman Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you might, you might get something a little little token in return for sending something over to the gentleman podcast you can also uh go to twitter facebook all the usual suspects you can you can send us a email at howdy at gentleman.com if you want to get in touch with us get any questions concerns complaints um just wild adulation for the gentleman podcast we're open to that or march madness or march madness hey maybe you want to send us your bracket you <laughs> know what i mean that's right we'll look it over we'll that's give right. you some advice yeah we, yeah. we, yeah, we, we have a, Brian and I have our own, uh, strategies that we use. Yes. Probably actually pretty similar. Um, mine, I, mine's been highly refined. I'm, I'm trying to alter mine because the last couple of years, my strategies <laughs> have not been, uh, copacetic. Here's a secret. All right. Here's what I do. I find wherever K uses on the bracket and I just mm-hmm. go and pencil in as national champion. Right. Okay. Then I work there backwards. Go. Right. Mm-hmm. And it usually, uh, doesn't work out that way. Right. But, but at least I know where to start. It's true. And so hey, it's all about visualization. Mm-hmm. If you can visualize them as a national champions, that's just one more. Man, I mean, I must be missing something in that visual visualization mm. step because it's been a yeah. while since we won it. Um, I just, you know, I think I've been trying to just randomly, like, I'll just try to randomly pick stuff. You know, I like that mascot. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I read about that team. I'll pick them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't found anything that's like making a difference it's so hard the, the first couple rounds are brutal you yeah, never know who what, what's going to happen you know a number one seed isn't going to lose first round right i mean it has that's to about happen. it that, yeah that's what i do i go one and two seeds and then i'm just like random <laughs> open stuff season from, from then on out <laughs> but anyway yeah so that's the thing it also seems too that like when you go in it like oh they, they predict the uh, right the tournament you know upset mm-hmm. the cinderellas they're picking them and they always right. lose the first yeah. round mm-hmm. always happens it's like true. almost without fail it's true yeah i don't know why I don't know. Anyway, I don't know, Glenn. That's well, not what this is about, though, Brian. No, let's. Yeah, we. You know, we're gonna talk a little bit more about March Madness later. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the uh, meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week for this week, Glenn. It's actually not the meat; it's the uh, hops and uh, barley and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, whatever else goes in the beer. I should know this because I've made it before. Barley. Water. There, wa- there is some water. Right, man. So I picked up this six pack. It's actually cans, mm-hmm. and the, I gotta say, the outside of this can is a little suspect, uh, a little sticky. Um, I'm just hoping that it's a byproduct of the liquor store and not something leaking. But Oh, yeah, you're right. There's a little bit of a sticky texture. Yeah. You know what? You just can't put it down, this beer. Um, Maybe we should get a couple glasses for the beers so we're not... You know, I'm I'm fine, but if you want one, go ahead. Um, Well, I'll just go with it. (laughs) Stickiness aside. That's right. Um, So what we have here is a brewery that I've never seen before. Kind of one of those... Reach in the bottom shelf and see what happens. Yep. And I have, I was, in the, I was hankering for, you know, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day is around the corner here, yep. so I, I wanted a, an, an Irish ale. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what we have here is Lone Tree Brewing Company, mm-hmm. based out of Colorado. What what city, Colorado? Brian, did it say? I'm not sure. It's a Colorado brewery. Um, Colorado, North Dakota. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lone Tree, Colorado. Oh, so that that makes sense. Okay, well there you go. Uh, and it's the it's called the Acres O Green. I, oh, I said that wrong. The Acres O Green Irish go. Ale. Yeah, there you go. Uh, from from Lone Tree, and uh, yeah, I've I've had this. I actually had one can of this before, part of a sampler, 
but it was with other beers, and I, I and I found that you just have to put these beers through the paces of the gentleman proprietary mustache twist scale. That That's we true. Call. Yeah. Um, Brian, I think you looked up some stats on the beer, right? There's. I did. I uh, did. I took some. I went and checked out the stats on this beer, um, and I will say about Lone Tree Brewing Company is that. All the other websites that we go to for these beers, they're all like crazy impressive. I mean, not, they're very flashy. I don't want to yeah. say impressive because. A lot of style. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit gaudy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lone Tree Brewing Company, you got to fix your website. This, <laughs> this, if you, you want to be a big time brewing company, you got to make a big time website. And this is not that. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, the Acres of Green uh, is 6.0% alcohol by volume, uh, 32 IBUs, mm-hmm. and the SRM is 45. 45, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old SRM, SRM, which we all know. Uh, and, you know, when I go to the beer store, um, I'm looking at different stuff. I'm like, what's the SRM on this? Right. I don't know, you know. So, anyway, it's, it's a pretty important characteristic that mm-hmm. I'm glad that they specify on their website, mm-hmm. even though their website's slightly lacking. Every, everybody knows what SRM right. is. Mm-hmm. Um... <sighs> I'm excited about checking this out. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to pop these open and see what happens here. All right. Well, well, might as well. Yeah. Well, uh, cheers. Uh, cheers with the can closed. Okay. Okay. A wide mouth here. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. They're, the taste of their beer belies their website design. It certainly does. I When I had this before i was like man i i think this is really good but this is you know i just had a different type of beer and maybe it's messing with me a little bit but did you get this at a local restaurant here or something or no is it like a party or something no i was at the the liquor store the build your own six pack and i saw it as one of the options so i I picked one up oh i'm sorry did i where did i get this no no no. you're right you're okay yeah oh Right, so the the six pack cost eight ninety nine here in North Kansas, okay. which is just a little bit over fifty cents over our yeah. median of eight five zero um, for a six pack. I like this, Brian. I like it too. I think it's good. Um, it's a solid beer. It is. I don't, it's hard to explain. Well, they say that leprechauns and humans alike love to dance jig while celebrating with their Irish red, which I would I would agree with. Um, so, Glenn, if you had to put a numerical rating on this particular beer, what would you rate this as? I would give this Irish Red... I think I would go 8-2. Eight 8-2. Two. Eight two. Okay. I was going to go an 8-6. Woo-hoo-hoo! I think this is, I My think this is very good. I like, su- I like the supporting the... The little guy. The little too. guy? I, I don't mean to... Maybe... You maybe, know what? You're right. Maybe Lone Tree is a bigger brewery than I'm imagining it is. But it, from the looks of things, I'm, I'm seeing this as... You know, in Colorado, there's like 2 million breweries. <laughs> and I don't know where they rank on that chart, but I feel like maybe this isn't one of the higher tier breweries. So 1.5 million? Somewhere somewhere around there. They got a good thing going with them. This is this is good. I'm, I'm really liking this Irish Red. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna. I would go with an eight six on that deal. Mm. Well, so you said eight two. Yes, I said eight six. Okay, it doesn't matter what we think. No, what we say. I mean, what I mean, we say is completely arbitrary. Well, the only thing that matters it factors in a little bit. It's slightly. the human component. To exactly. The proprietary. You can't have a robot making all the decisions. No. You have to no. have a little bit of human interaction. It's like self driving cars. Exactly. Right. The human's still got to be sitting there, right? You can't, you know, if you're driving down uh, railroad tracks mm-hmm. in a self-driving car, maybe you're, a human has to intercede something. Uh, I think something's broken. Right. Which the mustache twist scale is not. Exactly. So anyway, um, so yeah, let's, uh, well, let me type this into the okay. mustache twist scale computer, okay. as we always do. We're going to let it crunch on this algorithm mm-hmm. and the stats that we give it, and then it's going to come out with a empirical scientific rating for... The Lone Tree Brewing Company's Acres of Green Red Ale. Uh, now, we said that the... Let me look these stats up again while I type them in. All right. We said that the alcohol by volume mm-hmm. is 6.0%. The IBUs were 32 and the price was eight ninety nine. Yes. And the SRM was 45 45 in the SRM. Yeah, don't forget the SRM. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So that means... Okay. And then we said... You said... 
8.2. Yes. And I said 8.6. Mm-hmm. So and, you, and you're um, giving it some some love for being, you know, yeah, the up and comer. On the right. I like that. The underdog. Right. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, the uh, the printout's coming off the MTS computer right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go um, pick it up here. I'm gonna flip through it, and we're gonna figure out the official empirical score. Okay, so this report here. Let's see what this. Let me find the. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me find the that page. It's, you know, it's a significant. Okay, so we got the uh, page. It's thicker than normal. Yeah, page seventy-six has the actual. We're gonna, Glenn and I are going to look through the rest of the report later, but we've got, mm-hmm. we're just going to thumb ahead to uh, page 76, which has the final Printout, score yeah. of the beer. And it turns out it's an 8.4 Wow! on the MTS scale. Wow. According to the MTS computer. So Wow. And a well-deserving 8.4. I would agree. I think it's, a, I think it's well-deserved. Uh, slightly more expensive, yet, uh, you know, I think the beer quality speaks for itself. I like that it's a, it's a you know, unknown brewery that I haven't seen before, and... Uh, I, I, I honestly wish they were a little colder. I wish I'd a. Uh, they weren't in the cooler long enough. I don't think at the brewery, the, the uh, liquor store. Mm. Well, because I had it. I had it when the first time I had it, it was yeah. real nice and cold. Oh man! Off a tap, I think this would be pretty good. I'm interested um, to try more of their beers, Brian, because they had some too. other ones too. I am too. I'm excited about this. This is a new brewery that I haven't heard of before tonight. So, well Fresh done. Fresh blood. Well done. Okay. Well, I stepped on over to our good friends over at beersnob.com, mm. and although this is a quality beer, they have failed to put a rating on it. Typical. Once again, Typical. the MTS triumphs in mm. the face of snobbery, mm-hmm. because we're actually putting a rating mm-hmm. on this beer, and beersnob.com doesn't even know what to do with it. We're like finding bands that people have never heard of. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a good beer that people should know about, yet... People don't know about We know these... We, we, we just heard this band in Liverpool. They're called the Beatles. <laughs> um, you never heard of them? Oh, okay. Well, you know, someday they might be big. The, someday... I, I, I get a feeling about yeah. these guys. I get, they, these guys have something going on. So I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Glenn. All right, well... Excellent. We'll be enjoying that the rest of the uh, show. Exactly. Uh, so if you're in the neighborhood and you can pick up some Lone Tree, go get a Acres of Green. Why not? Acres hey, of Green... Give it a chance. <laughs> Step outside of your normal Coors Light, but like, get a little acres of green. That's right. Um, okay, Glenn, let's, uh, let's talk to us about some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. First up is quite a heavy hitter. It has sparked some outrage in the Gentleman community, and for good reason. Um, it was posted by our good friend. I don't know if this 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 member has po- has been featured on the podcast before. I don't think they have. Uh, SB. So it might be sp. Or um, it's it's initials, but we'll just say SB. SB. SB has posted an outrageous article. This is absolutely outrageous. From the website uprocks.com. Yeah. Trump orders steak well done. That is the headline, folks. This is like the biggest political scandal that I think has been unearthed. I mean, we could go back to the Watergate. Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking Nixon... Uh, there's the hanging Chad issue of the 2000 election. <laughs> yeah. And then you got this. Trump orders steak well done. And I think... I, I, I will agree wholeheartedly, as do other people who have commented on this article um, with SB, when he posted the article he, he put as the caption, I am posting this for moral reasons, not political ones. Yeah. Um, well said. Anyway, let's just flip over the article here. Um, so, apparently, Ruth Sherlock was in a restaurant... And Howard Trump walked in with his family, <laughs> and he ordered a done, uh, a well done ribeye steak with her present. And apparently, the rest of the family ordered all of their dishes well done as well. I have to interrupt you. You said Howard Don- Trump and Donald Trump. Howard Trump. I was thinking of Howard Dean. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of political. I have uh, <laughs> a scream. Yeah. Um, no. It, so anyway, I'm, you're right. Everybody was oh. with it. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. Howard. St- yeah. Donald. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Howard Trump isn't running for anything. But anyway, it, it, the article talks about they were in New Hampshire, and Trump took his family to a corner booth and all, and ordered all these various you know meat dishes, well done, and one of them was a ribeye. Mm. I mean, we're talking war crimes here. I mean, this is like you. There's, it's senseless. It, it, it's terrible. 
and you know the article has a, a graphic, a wonderful graphic on the different types, how steaks look when they're cooked. Right. And the well done just looks like a hockey puck. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get steaks well done. I was a kid. I didn't know what was going on. No. I had no idea. No. You know what I mean? I wasn't privy to the intricacies of delicious steak, you know? Yeah. You probably used a lot of barbecue sauce. Right. I did. A1. Exactly. You know what I mean? A1. Yeah. Um, But now I'm an adult. Right. (laughs) And uh, one thing that I do know, Glenn, I don't know the intricacies of all the international politics about, Mm -hmm. you know... Other countries, how to manage our country successful, Mm -hmm. all these things. But one thing I do know is that you should not ever order a steak well done. I I don't... I mean, look. I can't find... Maybe... Maybe this person is... Maybe Trump is going to sue this person for libel for slandering his steak ordering. Because... That's what he does. I I feel like... (laughs) I feel like maybe that could happen. I don't know. It's the Trump way. This is a... Stunning indictment of a legitimate candidate for the president of the United States. I, this is, above all other things, something that I cannot excuse in a candidate for the president of, of the United States is the fact that if this is true, mm-hmm. if this turns out to be mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. that he orders this steak well done, it, it, we cannot we cannot do this it's as an, a country. It's an indictment of his leadership qualities. It is. Um, yep. What's even more damning is the fact that he should, of all people, should know better. And let me tell you why, Brian. Because Donald Trump, not Howard Trump, Donald Trump, one of his, uh, he has an illustrious line of products over the years right. and services that he's sold. Right, right. And not so, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's probably within the last decade or two, he had Trump steaks. Really? Trump yeah, steaks. Like steak line. He yeah. had his own steak line. Mm. That he, he they raised the cows and but but here's the catch, uh, you could only buy these steaks at a logical place, Sharper Image. <laughs> you could only find Trump steaks at Sharper Image. So oh my god! So clearly wow. he understands how you know the food industry right. and steaks. Work. When I think steak, I want to go to <laughs> Sharper Image. Why do I have this desire to go Sharper Image yeah. right now? I'm so hungry. Oh wow. Um, that's that's, that's insensitive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I, I I don't want to talk about politics. I mean, politics I are very personal. It's a side. Yeah. You know. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not voting for the man on this alone. Well done, steak. I, yeah. Not not well done. Well, Donald. Looks like you're done. Yeah, that's right. Stick a fork in it. Exactly. Um, of all the missteps <laughs> that Donald has done, this <laughs> of all the things that could have tripped him up, yeah. this. <laughs> This is gonna be the end. Uh, so anyway, I, yeah, uh, we Glenn and I don't like to get into the politics side of things. We just thought it was funny that Donald Trump. I, I, oh, it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's a fifty four dollars steak you ordered. Uh, fifty four dollars. Yeah, ribeye at a good steak restaurant. You know, I don't know. I bet he used like I don't know some ketchup or something. Well, <laughs> oh man, if you if you have a steak and if you have to have sauce with it. There's something wrong. I mean, sauce is fine, right? But a good steak that's cooked properly, right? You get to worry about it. on its own. You don't need to tell anybody to bake it well done. That's right. Um, well done. Yeah. I've been getting back into steaks actually. I mean, I was, warmer weather. I've, I've, yeah. I've, once the warmer weather grill, I, I started. I got busted the grill out uh, last week. Starting to get back into it. Grilled some chicken, some steak. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty psyched about it. You got a good grill. Good it's good. It's a good. It's a good small mm-hmm. affair. You know, mm-hmm. I can step outside and grill something anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, the warmer weather, you, it's just on your mind more. It's not like you can't grill in the winter. It's just that in springtime, you're like thinking. Yep. I, my mind just goes to like, let's start, let's start grilling some stuff up. <laughs> ah, spring. Yeah. When a young man's mind turns to steak. It's true. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that's enough on that. Let's uh, let's get on to the next uh, tag uh, that we're going to talk about, and that is the. This is posted from our good friend uh, Ben Espin, who, mm-hmm. unlike SB, has been on the podcast many many a time because he posts great stuff at gentleman.com. Yes, and this is a great little article about how Iron Maiden is traveling on their world tour, which I think is. 
very interesting, actually. They have their own 747. <laughs> I didn't know that rock groups did this. The- really, I-, I thought that they... I mean, I knew like Led Zeppelin had their own 747. I, you know, really? I knew that. Yeah. Like still? All Well, no. Oh, okay. Back I mean, in the day. All the big bands in the 70s mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm. they have their own jets and sure. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Elvis. Yeah. Led Zeppelin, the biggest acts. I'm not saying Iron Maiden's not a big act, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm surprised that they have their own 747. They but have their own beer. <laughs> they do have their own beer, which we, which we tried. We reviewed. Unfortunately. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the uh, so the Iron Maiden, this is a story called Iron Maiden's Plane is Too Heavy for Dartmund Airport. And apparently in Germany, um, Iron Maiden's on their way to a tour. They find out their jet's too heavy for the airport. <laughs> Not, like, sound-wise, but actual weight. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, the officials at Dartmouth Airport, uh, they notified the band, hey, your your jet's too too heavy for us. We can't take it. And uh, the other thing about the Iron Maiden jet that's interesting is that the pilot was none other than Bruce Dickinson. Are you serious? Yes. Ed Force One, which is the name of the of the plane, was is being piloted on the band's world tour. By frontman Bruce Dickinson. So not only does he get into beer crafting, he, this, he's a lead singer totally of Iron Maiden. I totally missed this. And he's also the pilot of Ed Force One, which is the 747 that the band owns. So That is so good. Uh, so anyway, that's, it's an incredible mm. story, really. And I, I don't know how this was resolved. I don't know if they had to divert to another airport. They were playing a rock festival... In Berlin, I believe, and that was the airport they were scheduled to land at, but I, I think that they had to divert to go to another airport or something like that. I don't know. That, that's not the point. The point is that, let's hit the bullet points here. <laughs> their plane was too heavy. It was being piloted by the singer of their rock band, <laughs> and Iron Maiden has their own 747. It's like custom painted, all this stuff. Like, that's amazing. Heavy metal band where did they get the money to buy a 747 i don't know did they go to craigslist I mean, and like find a used 747 somewhere they prob- or? probably they probably got it uh on the cheap um it's they're they're coming out with their 16th album and it's a double album mm. 16th album that's wow. a long time yeah to be making albums um i doubt that many were as uh bought as the first you know few right um well, album sales are down across the board. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Adele. Yeah. Anyway, which they're not. Uh, but yeah, that 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 article title was it was it was a, an editor's dream when this news story came out. Heavy well, metal bands, right. airplane, too well, I, heavy. I'm sure they got it all figured out. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm I for one am glad that somewhere out there, Iron Maiden, the singer of Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden is flying around the country in a 747 that he owns taking his band to rock nirvana <laughs> you know what i mean that, that yeah I, I noticed that the lineup they were going to had um had your 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 band ghost on there oh ghost yeah, yeah. along with slayer sabaton um anthrax yeah it's a great lineup ghost is a great band um, if you haven't heard of Ghost, Ghost BC, check them out. They're a very good heavy metal act, just like Iron Maiden. I don't think they have their own jet. I think I saw their bus parked outside Liberty Hall in Lawrence, Kansas when I came to play here. Mm-hmm. But they rock just as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of rocking just as hard, um, <laughs> the final thing that we're going to talk about during the uh, this segment is uh, this uh, story... This is actually kind of a serious story. This is like we we've been joking around about Iron Maiden and all these things. This is an actual serious story. This is from Crispy Critter, who has posted something. I think to the we've talked about Crispy. Oh yeah, Critter before. Yeah. Been around for a while. Um, this is called UN Science Report warns of fewer bees, other pollinators, and this is from Yahoo News. And it sounds a little bit underwhelming, but it's an interesting thing that we should probably talk about, Glenn, because there could be people out there that. Maybe they own property. Maybe they own farmland. Mm-hmm. Um, the The reality of the situation is there's this weird thing that's going on that scientists are a little bit befuddled by. They say it's a combination of factors that are causing this, but basically wild bees, butterflies, and other things that pollinate plants uh, are, are heading towards extinction. 
and the world needs to do something about it because you think, well, bees are kind of annoying. I like butterflies, but bees are kind yeah. of annoying. Um, but they they <clears throat> perform this really incredibly important task in our food chain, mm-hmm. and uh, so. But this uh, this report's come out recently, and it said basically like all these species of you know pollinators are on the verge of extinction. They're hosed. They're they're screwed unless we do something about it. The good news is that we can do something about it. Uh, for instance, the UK has been paying farmers to plant wildflowers, mm-hmm. as you know, in in areas where they they can't do crops. They've been encouraging them to plant wildflowers because that will bring the pollinators back. The the other thing in this article is interesting. It said that I believe since World War II, ninety seven percent of former wildflower wild gra- like wild tall grasslands mm-hmm. in the US have been replaced with farmland. So mm-hmm. they're basically saying that like because we're farming very specific crops single crop and not wildflowers, mm-hmm. um, the, the the pollination has been suffering for, you know, seventy years and this is the net result of it is that two out of five species of pollinators, such as bees and bur- butterflies, are on path towards extinction. Man, that's that's uh that's terrible too because, like for example, my my oldest daughter mm-hmm. loves butterflies and when yeah. it comes spring, mm-hmm. she's got her butterfly net out there. And tra- <laughs> there's like all these um, there's a there's a, a college nearby near a house that mm-hmm. you can go on these trails and there's right. all these wildflowers out there and there's and the butterflies are just all over the place and uh, she you know it'd be really sad if butterflies. I mean, this is sad. Terribly um, broad statement, but it would be really sad if, if butterflies didn't exist or yeah. And then I know they were they were talking about. Um, I know I'd po- shed a tear if butterflies didn't exist. <laughs> it's like a country song or something. <laughs> I'd be okay with the moths, uh, <laughs> though. I think they just eat things, not mm. pollinate things. But um, p- pollinators with backbones such as hummingbirds and bats are yeah. also that's yeah, that's the other thing is they, they they make a distinction between and. Hey, look, I'm 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 a big bat guy. You're, you're Batman, basically. Yeah, my, <laughs> I my my house sits on this area. That's I mean, bats all over the place. But bats are awesome because I don't have a mosquito problem <laughs> nope. at all. I'll, you know, I, I see a bat fly by my face at 100 miles an hour once in a while. But <laughs> you know, that's the price you play, or that's the price you pay for not having mosquitoes. Then I'm, I'll take I'm on that trade that. any day. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I mean bats. Bats are cool, and they, and bats actually are. They're 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 on the path towards extinction as well. I know that they've had various problems and. Um, you know something something to keep an eye on i'm kind of amazed that we have scientists that can actually recognize these problems figure out you know the path towards a solution and and that's the underscore of this article is that there's actually a path towards fixing this problem yep and there it actually, hasn't happened yet it hasn't happened yet there's a way to fix this they're not going to let these things get extinct and it's great because the, it could have a really horrible impact on i mean you don't really think about your day to day like Oh well, how do bees really affect me? But they affect like all these things. It's crazy, man. Like, oh yeah, it's all. <clears throat> I like, mean, they, they you know the pollination you mm-hmm. know affect, doesn't just affect wildflowers right. and whether or not they grow or die right. or, it's or honey production and yeah, all these plants stuff like that. So um, anyway, it's a big deal, people. <sighs> anyway, yeah, it, it's a big deal. So if you want to get on board with this, start planting some wildflowers. I'm already on board with this. My whole backyard has wildflowers. That's true. Wild animals. You have natural prairie grass. Um, we got bees all over the place, bats all over the place. Bat, yeah, the, I'm, I'm a true supporter of this because my own house has all these things wrapped into one. Oh, natural. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just out there and loving it. That's right. <laughs> the whole thing. The the whole enchilada. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Well, th- right. those were the texts, Brian. Those yeah. were those were fantastic. I hope that fantastic. those species. I hope the invertebrates that are on their way out. I hope that they get it turned around. Come on, guys. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Huh. Let's get it done. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the uh, the toast this week. Mm. And um, this week, uh, you know, March Madness is right around the corner. I'm really excited about it. Um, one of the most famous investors, probably the most famous investor mm-hmm. in the world, has been in the news um, over the last few years because he's taken an active stance about March Madness. 
and this is Warren Buffett, and I'm I the Oracle of Omaha. Yeah, I I like this guy because not only is he a wildly successful investor, mm-hmm. um, but also he, he he takes opportunities to make points to people about money with statistics and math. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, he offered a million. I think it was like a million or maybe more dollars to anyone that could produce a perfect bracket he's a million to him yeah um you know and and so anyway the point is he's he's always doing something to kind of i i think i was talking to you earlier about he bet the biggest hedge fund companies that they could not outperform the s&p 500 for 10 years in a row and he's winning by a landslide by this point and it's know. like six years in or something like right. that i and mean there's so, no way they're gonna exactly so it's <laughs> he's always trying to to poke the bear and, and yeah. make a point to people and and make their investment lives better you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh anyway this guy uh he is offering the best office march madness bracket in the world in the history of march madness this is awesome it's a great you know so tell us about the uh, tell us about the old uh, bracket there, Glenn. All right. So what what uh, Warren Buffett's going to do? Mm-hmm. He's the CEO of a company called Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha. I'm sure they have offices elsewhere, but I think it's based out of Omaha. It is based out of Omaha. Uh, t- t- tangent here: you can actually go and drive by Warren Buffett's house in Omaha. It's not. I did it last year. Actually, it's not anything. You're stalking Warren Buffett. I I wasn't. I just happened to drive by his house, Brian, and take a couple pictures. What's wrong with that? Um, but yeah, you can. I mean, it's real. It's like real close to the road. There's no. There's no security. Or nothing. Like mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And the house. I mean, it's not that much bigger than your house. Right. You know, it's just a nicest mm-hmm. part of town. Old. Right. Anyway, I, I I kind of appreciate about that about the guy. I mean, he's like worth how many billions? No, I don't with a know. B. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the most ex- yeah, he's the most successful investor of all time. Basically. Right. Yeah. Um, so, notwithstanding, okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, so Berkshire Hathaway has a uh, pool for their uh, office bracket, mm-hmm. and what Warren Buffett's done said is that he's going to give a thousand dollars to the winner. A hundred thousand dollars to the winner. <laughs> Right. He's going to give $100,000. $1,000 would be great. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of our company, right. you know. 100000 would be fantastic. Uh, yeah. Whoever wins the Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> bracket is going to get $100,000. $100,000. But. But. If you, win, if you get all of the first round games, you get a million dollars a year for life. Which is pretty sweet. Which is awesome. But Warren Buffett knows that no one is going to get the first round games. I think... I think was it last year or two years ago? The octopus. The what? There. What are we talking about? <laughs> I was going to say something about a bracket. <laughs> two years ago, there was an octopus or some kind of a fish. <laughs> it was an octopus or that, squid that successfully predicted the winner. You know, some he wins it every year. Some kind of like they would put two yeah things and it was like yeah. the, he successfully predicted all these. He would games. eat the he would eat the fish that represented whatever. Or yeah. no, no, I was going to say that. <laughs> On the on the ESPN brackets, there. Oh right, there. Uh, the, I think there was one guy who got who actually got the round the first round perfect. Yeah, but I you think. have to you have to. That's like millions of people, right? And in. this is just Berkshire Hathaway this employees. Is just the Berkshire Hathaway, and then their subsidiaries. I wonder how many. So they have a lot of they, they well known companies like Fruit of the Loom, Dairy Queen. They employ three hundred sixty one thousand people. Yeah. So, I mean... I, my money is the, on the fact that he's done the math, and oh. he's like, there is a, you know, 0.5% chance that this could happen. And I'm, if that happens, then I'm totally cool with it. Yeah, exactly. It's if a it great happens, yeah. PR thing. Like, somebody won this, this guy, I gave him the money, a million dollars a year, but, you know, whatever. I mean, his, his yearly, his yearly uh, talk to shareholders in Berkshire Hathaway... Mm-hmm. People treat that like Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. Like they go to Omaha and yeah. they like camp out. I mean, it's just like they take whatever he, he yeah, he could, yeah. It's it, basically like South by Southwest cool. or something. Yeah. It's it for, except for him, for financial people. Yeah. Right. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. I, I, 
obviously. I think this is an awesome... Uh, the March Madness thing is a really cool aspect to it because it's something that you wouldn't think that he'd be that interested in or whatever. But right. he's trying to make a point. And right. his point is that you know, predicting the future, as it relates to stocks, very similar. Predicting the future is a fool's errand. And he's willing to bet a million dollars a year that no one can predict the future in just 32 games. You know what I mean? That's that's point point zero something of his wealth. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he's still like willing to put his money where his mouth is on that stuff. And his his point is that that's not going to happen because you can't predict the future. Exactly. Watch somebody do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see. I, I'll bet. I'll bet that that's not going to happen. I, I I bet it won't either. Um. So anyway, and I think that he does. He was it last year that he did the one billion dollar thing with. Yes, it was. It was a tax. It was like Quicken or something like that. Yeah, and he partnered with them and said if somebody had a perfect bracket, he'd give them a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Warren Buffett, man. Cheers, champ. Uh, cans just don't have. The they don't same... have the same clink. As Here, let me see does. if I can. There we go. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. War- Whoa! I almost <laughs> launched that off Woo. the table. Okay. Um. All right, Glenn. Well, it's time for the um, <clears throat> hot button topic. topic. Mm. Um, and Glenn, tell us about the uh, the hot button topic this week, Glenn. Um, this is uh, something a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like we usually have these like political or technology this and that things, but this is kind of interesting because it's a good feel good story for two sides. Right. Not just one. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, my beloved Royals. The mm-hmm. Royals made news today. The world champion, Kansas World, City Royals. World Series champion, 2015 World Series champion, and 2014 World Series participants. Runner-up. Runner yep. mm-hmm. They got the participant trophy. Right. Um, they made the news today because they did something not unprecedented probably. It's probably happened before, but it does not happen very often. And what it is is they signed... So, their catcher, Salvador Perez... Was the World Series MVP. Right. It's an interesting story about Sal because he was signed to the Royals organization when he was like 16 or 17. Wow. And then they signed him again in 2011, but only after he'd played like 35 games. Mm. So they didn't know. They knew he was going to be good. They weren't sure how good, kind of. Maybe they knew. So kind of wait and see, but lock him up if we can. They locked him in early to a contract that basically paid him, let's see here, uh, it's a five-year, $7 million contract. So when you're... From he's from Venezuela, you know, mm-hmm. kind of um, poor upbringing. Right, seven million dollars guaranteed looks pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Seven million USD looks pretty good. Um, but it turns out that he's worth way more than that. Um, he was a World Series MVP. He's one of the top two catchers mm-hmm. active right now. He's, Plus, isn't he like a leader on the team? He's kind of like a vocal, emotional kind of yeah, touchstone for the he's, guys. He's the he's the guy. He's like always smiling. He loves the game. Mm-hmm. Like. That I was listening to the press conference today about this happening, and mm-hmm. the, our manager Ned Yost was talking about. How he's like, I've never met anyone like him. Like mm-hmm. he's he's like he'd never say anything bad. Right. Like he's always just positive all the time. And right. Just an awesome guy to have in your clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is so freaking good at what he does is yeah. like <laughs> icing right. on the cake. So, and he plays a really hard position. It's like very um, crucial. Right. You know, pitching. You have to have a good catcher. Right. And anyway, so. Uh, so when he in 2011, I think I want to say he was. I can't remember how old he was. He would have been probably like 20, real young still. Right. They signed him to a five-year, seven million dollar contract, which mm-hmm. isn't actually that much for baseball players, right. uh, especially really good ones. Right. Um, and so that's kind of been the thing for this past couple of years. They've been talking about how the Royals said, you know, they made this awesome, awesome signing on Salvador Perez for the. For the organization, because they got them really, really cheap, which means mm-hmm. they can put money elsewhere. Right. And, you know, it's just business. That's how things are done. Well, right. instead of just going on that line, out of the blue, he had like two or three more years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. And today they announced that they've restructured his contract to add an extension to it, which basically pays him for the next five years $10 plus million. So mm-hmm. he's going to make $52 million over the next five years. Right. And it's basically market value for what he's worth. Right. And the whole thing is that, and they said, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's, right. it's We treat our players like family. Like, we value them. And mm. you'd kind of be shafting this guy if if uh, 
you know, we let his contract go out like that because he's way more valuable to us than that, and we wanted to show him that. Right. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, you never hear about this in sports. No. You hear about, you know, you think about the NFL, you know, salary caps, NBA salary caps. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. It's all about who you have signed for however long, and then the negotiations when the contract's up and, like, how hardcore they are, even though, you know, maybe somebody's been there for five years they're, they want to. They're going to try to get every dime out of that person that they possibly can. So it's really cool that the um, you know the Royals were just like they had the leverage in the situation. They oh, could have yeah. just been like, we're going to ride this contract out because we made this awesome decision back five yeah. years ago. But in reality, they looked at the situation and said, look, let's take care of this guy. He's super important to us. Mm-hmm. Let's pay him like he's important to us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do this. I mean, they didn't have to do that at all. No, but it was the right thing to do. They could have saved forty something million dollars, yeah, you know, over the next five years, right? But I mean, having him be paid and be happy and you know be excited about being on the Royals, and then also the idea that other players are going to know that if they sign a deal like that with the Royals, yeah, that, you know, maybe if they come good on on a contract like that, that they're going to have the same kind of opportunity. I mean, it's a great a great way to approach the whole thing and, and put yourself in front of all the other clubs that are going to try to like make deals with athletes and try to get, you know, people to sign contracts and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was in this art, uh, this ESPN article I'm, I'm looking at here to kind of has all the numbers and everything. They give an example, uh, kind of like a apples to apples kind of comparison between what the Royals did versus what the uh, Pittsburgh pirates did with their, <clears throat> their pitcher. His name's Garrett Cole mm-hmm. and he's up for contracts and, uh, instead of like you know giving them this great bonus, they were like, oh yeah, here's a here's a five hundred thousand dollar bonus, and here's a ten thousand dollar bonus for making the All Star team. Right. And pitchers make tons of money. Right. Ten, fifteen, twenty million a year. Right. And so it wasn't you know, and so they're making the point of like, you know, what what do you? And and they said that, that he actually wasn't very happy about it. He went on record saying like, mm-hmm. this is pretty, this yeah. is pretty stupid. Like, I'm the best player on the team, and they you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at the other side of the situation, the Royals didn't have to do anything. Right. They went ahead and yeah. Anyway, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think I was telling you earlier that I like I found this article from Bloomberg that was talking about um, right. that they you know there's this conventional wisdom in business that says that well employee retention and and keeping employees happy isn't it about um, it's not about money right it's about all the other things all the intrinsic stuff that you exactly. offer them. Um, but there's actually a report that came out recently where they were talking about how actually the best performing companies are they're basically paying and rewarding their their workers monetarily the best in their industries. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just found this thing over at Bloomberg and it was basically you know saying like which companies gave bonuses, which ones paid the highest, and they were the top performing companies. Uh, in their industries, as far as profits and all these all these metrics, so the the point is like you know, uh, there's all this lip service given to the fact that you know, uh, your money doesn't mean anything, you know, whatever, yeah. like blah blah blah. But then at the end of the day, money does show somebody that they are important in an organization, and uh, shouldn't be overlooked as something maybe that that companies have always. I don't know if that's been perpetuated because maybe companies want that to be perpetuated. Sure. You know? Right. Like, well, it really behooves them to not yeah. to not pay people the most that they possibly can. Um, but so it's interesting. I was just thinking about that in, in tangent with the whole Royals thing is like, you know, it's an interesting move because there has to be like on their end, they have to be doing it somewhat from like a non-altruistic thing. And I, I, I'm, from my outside perspective, I just assumed it was because they – felt this guy was really important to their organization mm-hmm. and that having him get a real you know reward for what he was doing mm-hmm. probably would translate into more success in the future yeah basically it, it, it's a long game yeah. yeah yeah and it has a ripple effect other than just right. you know paying this guy's contract right yeah and it's interesting you bring that up too because i mean what what do companies value most money right. Right, mm-hmm. and so when you tell somebody like, "Oh, you're really important," so we're going to give you more responsibility, or you're right. really important, yeah, we're going to do this give or that you a for new you. Title, it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. It's right. when they say, "We really, you, we think you're really important. We're going to we're going to double your salary. Uh, we're going to double your salary." <laughs> then you know you're important. Right. I mean, they're yeah. just putting their money where their mouth, mm-hmm. their, their mouth when they're 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 doing the right thing, right? And they're they're showing you that it's, it hurts them to do this, but right, 
you know, right. not hurt, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, I just saw that uh, Kirk Cousins over at uh, the Washington Redskins, he got a 2,000, 2,100% salary increase. <laughs> yeah. From last year to this year. Because yeah. they all of a sudden figured out that, you know. He's better than RG3? <laughs> yeah. Well, they've they got to have him. And, they have to have him. You know, exactly. So he went from a 500000 I think, to a twenty like $19 million you know, or something like Sweet that. Sweet payday. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I mean, and sports is kind of a magnified lens through which a lot yeah. of other organizations you could look at and, and kind of see the same way. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's no place other than sports where your performance really dictates your, right. what you, what you end up making. Uh, I think it's a really great story that, you know, the Royals did the right thing. It's really cool. I wish I could see this more in sports, but you're just not going to see it. No, because it doesn't make business sense. It's more of a or does it? I don't. I don't know if if yeah, I don't know. Are the Royals crazy or do they have it figured out? I don't think anybody knows that. I don't think anybody from the outside knows that because I know that the, the people are seeing the way that Royals are doing things and they're not copying it because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know if we could do this. Like, you know, they're trying to, but the thing. <clears throat> so the way that they cop, not to make this thing longer than it needs to be, but. Yeah. They're copying parts of what made the Royals successful last year. So, the Royals in the past few years they have an insane bullpen, so they can right. the starting pitching doesn't have to be as good. The bullpen mm-hmm. kind of picks up the slack. Right. Well, comes in really handy in the playoffs. Right. So other teams like the Yankees are now like buying all these like guns to be in their bullpen. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, is that you can't statistically you can't really replicate that success. I mean, they've right. had, they had historically one of the best bullpens of all time. Right. And you can't just buy that, right? Really, yeah. And so, and the, what they did is they've they've just been really smart in how they've managed players and brought mm-hmm. they've gotten the most out of their players. And right. I think that's the that's that's really the underlying thing that they've done. Mm-hmm. So I really don't question. I'm, I'm a fan, so obviously I'm right. <laughs> right. I'm a I'm a fanboy here, but I really don't question the, the leadership on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've got an angle. You know, well, there's a reason why they're paying them more money. But three years ago, four years ago. I I remember hearing about the way that they were doing things yeah. and people criticizing it. You yeah. know, this isn't going to work out. There's a cynicism in sports yeah. that, that people have been down this road too many times, especially with the Royals, mm-hmm. because, you know, been 20, 20 years, you know, radio, media, mm-hmm. whatever, kind of criticizing the way that things were going with things. And then all of a sudden they start winning games and all of a sudden they're in the World Series and all of a sudden <laughs> they world. win the World Series. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta say, okay, well, that keep, criticism. Keep, keep it up. You can't really keep it up, guys. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> whatever doing it. you're doing. Just you want to give him, yeah, give him whatever. If that's what you think's right, then do it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's that's good. So I like that. I like that one because there's no. It's it's good both ways. It's good for the player. It's good for the team. I think. Um, so both both people win. The the. This this player is like the the most likable guy you'll ever yeah, meet in your entire I, I, life. I watched like <laughs> ten games and I was like, oh, this guy's you know he's awesome. Like he seems you know he's just yeah. so he's like a big it. teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, it's good for him. I'm, I'm glad about yeah. that. That's a really cool call they made. Um, all right, Glenn. Well, it's time for the final segment, which is the question from the gentleman mailbag. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's an interesting thing that happened this week, and it reminded me of something that from K State sports history but i'm not going to talk about that but um there was a uh just one thing well there was a uh there was a high school basketball championship game and uh, this has been all over the news basically the the one team ran down they they score the game winning shot right okay so team makes a go ahead shot with like mm-hmm. 5 seconds oh, left he get, they the other team throws the ball in bounds and that team who just made the go ahead right. shot steals the ball mm-hmm. and the kid immediately throws the ball straight up in the air cuz he's so inhalation yeah. because he just won well the ball comes down and lands into the opposing team's hand as time is expiring but as time expired right before he got fouled right with like 0.5 seconds left or something like that uh amazing inbounds pass the other team wins the game Right, and it was funny because the the team thought the the other team thought they were going to win, so they were dogpiled out on the court. People were celebrating, like going yeah. crazy, and the referee's like, "Well, we got one second left, and yeah. there's still one more play to go." And so the other team ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Glenn, so th- this has been all over the news. Uh, 
you should check it out. There's a there's it's everywhere, but it's basically some Colorado high school basketball team, Division three in Colorado, Burville um, High School, okay, and Charijo High School. Yeah, maybe I'll throw a link up to the uh, the YouTube video on on the podcast. There you go. But anyway, the question, Glenn, is like this. This brought back some some memories for me. Uh, were, have you ever had any humiliating sports situations as you were growing up in in your school sports playing days? You, you mean personally? Yes. I. Uh, um, there were a lot of humiliating moments uh, <laughs> of me playing sports. Yeah. Um, but I think the one that that immediately came to my mind was I was probably in sixth grade. Mm. And I was playing like bitty basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I get—I remember sixth grade ball, yeah, yeah—and I make this amazing um, steal mm-hmm. about half court, yeah, and I take it to the other end and do a, a layup uncontested. And, like the whole way I'm going, people are like, "It's like yeah, yeah, or something. yeah." I yeah. mean, they're just cheering me on, yeah. and I make this layup. I'm right. like, "Oh yeah," and. Uh, as soon as I make it, I turn around and start running back towards my teammates. Right. And they're looking at me like, what are you doing? Right. I had made the layup at the wrong Ooh. goal. I had gone to the wrong end, and I was, I was, uh, I felt pretty bad. Um, yeah. I didn't cry. Right. But I felt, I felt awful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's tough. And then somebody pulled my pants down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That would be that'd be a bad day. That'd be an awful that awful day for sports. No. Yeah. Uh, but I got over it pretty right. quickly. That's hard. I mean that's something you, when you're a kid and you're on a team and you yeah. make a mistake like that, it's hard to Brian, uh, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm I'm very good at failing. Mm. I've learned how to fail often and fast. Yeah. And I just move right along. Okay. I, that was one of my many learning. That was learning, your first lesson. Well, one, one of your first one of my many one of one of my Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, yeah. So failure is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it teaches you how not to score at the wrong end. Right, <laughs> right. It's a life lesson, there, kids. I'm like, I'm like Warren Buffett. Right, except with yeah. life lessons, not money. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brian? Have you ever? Do you have an experience like this? So I don't. I, okay. So there's not. I, I never threw the, the the ball up, you know, in the mm-hmm. air and mm-hmm. lost the game. I never. Scored a basket on the wrong end of the thing or whatever, you know. But, you know, as a, like, I played, I, I played, you know, Little League ba- baseball. I played, oh. I don't want to say, like, fifth and sixth grade track and basketball. Um, and I think, you know, there's a couple of things that really stick out to me on this deal. Um, my, I mean, I, I might have talked about it on the podcast before, but when I was playing Little League baseball... Uh, my f- very first at bat, the very first time I walked up to the plate. Wait, is this kid pitch or coach pitch? This is uh, kid pitch. Ooh, okay. So I don't know how old I was, but I, I mean, it's like clear as day to me thinking back to it. But the very first at bat, the first time I went to the plate, I got beaned like in the back of the shoulder. Ooh. First time. You charged the mound? And- <laughs> I see. In retrospect, I probably would have, but I it freaked me out. It totally ruined me as a batter in yeah. baseball because I was a, I was like eight years old or something, and I got hit, you know, full on with a baseball in the back of the shoulder, like you know, yeah. right there. So it totally ruined my baseball. You know, I just couldn't do it. I was just afraid. Like, oh, there's no way I was gonna like try to you know whatever because yeah. that one guy had like hit me on the first time. So anyway, there's that. Um, so I failed to kind of like, you know, I was, it was done for a batter from then on. Sure. You know, whatever. Sure. Um, that ruined anybody. But my favorite, or not my favorite, my most embarrassing story from, uh, you know, any of my youth sports experiences <laughs> is that uh, I was on a track team. <clears throat> I was on a track team. For my junior high. Okay. So I was probably in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, when you're in sixth grade, mm-hmm. you're not really cognizant of certain aspects of your body. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. We So we had these uniforms mm-hmm. when we were in sixth grade. 
Uh, and they were, uh, I don't know if, you know, if you go back and you look at the 80s uniforms for, um, early 90s, 80s uniforms for different sports, the the shorts are very short. Mm. They're very, you know, okay. very small shorts. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and a lot of my uh, contemporaries in middle school mm-hmm. had uh, biker shorts, which were like right. long spandex mm-hmm pants that they wore like that came down their knees Mm -hmm. and then they put the white short 80s shorts under their uh, or the biker shorts under basically the idea is like you know you don't want to give too much away right when you're out on the track field well i i didn't have any biker shorts i was just wearing the you know normal shorts and all this stuff and it was a particularly windy day Uh oh uh out on the track field one particular day Mm mm-hmm and uh, I remember, you know, I was probably wearing tidy whities and uh, some very short shorts. Okay. And uh, I remember walking by a bus of people, you know, from another, I don't know, another school or something. And I remember a young lady saying, nice shorts. And I was immediately realizing that the wind was blowing my... Shorts up above the uh, possibly revealing oh. um, parts of my uh, anatomy. Wow! <laughs> wow! So that was uh, that was probably the most embarrassing. Wow! Uh, sports story that I remember is that wow. I think I immediately went and got uh, the spandex shorts uh, to protect one, one pair of. Which uh, is <laughs> not. It's not too. I mean. I was wearing like tidy whities or something, so it's like there's nothing too controversial that sure. you actually and, and, saw. And you're like, don't act like you're not impressed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we were making out like six <laughs> six minutes later, but uh, you know, uh, but uh, yeah. But I remember, yeah, I definitely, I was. It took me. It was one of those things where the first time, like the opposite sex was like making fun of me or something, and I was like, wow. I'm really embarrassed right now. This cuts deep. Yeah. So, uh, so fortunately, yeah. she was from another school. Yes, she was. It was one of those. Tra- it was a traveling school. You're walking Ooh, by the bus. That could have been bad. You Brian. know, it's basically like getting catcalled from yeah. the other the other team's bus. I was like, you know, it was, you know, I was like, I, I, looking back on it, I probably would have been flattered by it. I probably would. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, you like the white shorts. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> um. But yeah, I I don't I never had any like major. I was terrible at basketball. Mm. Like I, when I was in sixth grade or whatever, I only made one basket. I remember it because I, I made one the entire time, the entire season. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know. I overthought things. I was th- I, I was always asking coach like, you know, too much stuff. Like he, he just get out there, yeah, McKinney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, who's my guy, and where am I supposed to be, and all these questions. And I was you know I was overthinking the game. Yeah, he could. He should have just told me like, forget about it. Doesn't matter. Just go out there and play. Let's be honest. You guys suck at defense anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so that was yeah. But that was that was a uh, um, that was my my most embarrassing. Youth wow, that'll story. that'll do it. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and it's not just youth sports. It's like a life lesson. It was like a yeah. It really, you know, illuminated a lot of things about life from that one moment. Yeah, it's like a. It's like the you know. Having to go up to the chalkboard and you know you, mm-hmm. mm. One you of those find kind out of, yeah something's not quite right uh oh um <clears throat> so anyway ah uh, junior high oh yeah mm. <laughs> to this day I still can't wear white shorts on a windy day most people can <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you show up someday with some. The 80s were so weird. They had the weirdest. I, it was like the, you know, like now they have the huge long. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But go oh, watch. Yeah. Go watch. Okay. If you want to recreate this, go yeah. watch a 1980s basketball game. Oh, man. The, the col- even like college, they were, they had the, I mean, they were tiny shorts that they were wearing. I, I marvel at how things, you know, <clears throat> evolved. stayed in place. Yes. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, how do we? <laughs> this is the worst. The, the, we're talking the about worst. embarrassing school sports stories. That was that we was lost a, every subscriber at this point. I, I'm sure no all one's listening. All seven point. of anyway. You. All right. Well, uh, so anyway, on that note, Glenn, 
That was episode 83. Um, and it was a doozy. It was a doozy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is terrible uh, audio. Keep going. I should be over here silently laughing to myself. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was episode 83, Glenn. And uh, I'm looking forward to episode 84. Man. Because I just relived, I just relived some serious embarrassment on episode eighty three, but I'm I'm okay. I can I can I can talk about it. You can. It's been. We've I, I hope that I can. Maybe I can help somebody that maybe has kids in the league or something like that. And they could say like, oh, I know, you know, I know you're embarrassed, but this guy someday you're gonna have a podcast. Exa- yeah, exactly. You can talk about it. <clears throat> this guy maybe had it worse than you. <laughs> Um, this week, this week's episode brought to you by Lone Tree Brewing Company. Yeah, it's true. Not really, but we like no. to think we have sponsors. Yeah. So uh, Lone Tree Brewing Company and their Acres O Green, which is mm-hmm. a <clears throat> quite frankly, I think I rated it a little low, Brian. I think you did too. That's too bad. Well, uh, you know, no regrets. No regrets. Keep. Hey, they on. still ended up with an eight point four on the MTS. Mm. That's solid. Yeah. I mean, the highest we've ever given is a 96 or 95. I don't know. That's a, mid, that's a, that's a solid score. It's good. Okay, Glenn. Well, that was episode 83. Um, I'm looking forward to episode 84. The next time we talk, it's going to be oh. March Madness. It's going to be um, a, a beautiful weather. That's right. It's going to be just an incredible time all around. I am. I'm, so, it's, it's the happiest uh, time of year. We're looking forward to that. Episode 84. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate everybody uh, subscribing and listening to our podcast. Uh, We will see you next time. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Liz Sansbury. Signing off. Have a good night. And a great March Madness.